Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, the countdown's on. I know, what are we, three weeks away maybe, something along those lines? Um, it's here already. Yeah, yeah oh, I know, already. it really is. Um, if only, if only. But yeah, we are discussing a movie, in fact, uh, that has already been released, that will be showing at Fright Fest um, this year, 2019, um, in feedback. So obviously, before we get to all that stuff, but we're probably going to keep the spoilers very, very, very limited. Um, yeah. Given that people are obviously going to be checking this one out very soon. Um mm-hmm. But of course, you better hear our thoughts on it before then, because we won't be seeing it. Of course, at Friar Fest, it's on one of the days that we are not no, going. Unfortunately, not. Um, is it Saturday? Yeah. I think it's on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, on the main screen. Um, yeah. Which is yeah, obviously when we leave, we, we, we'll discuss mm. kind of our plans ongoing because obviously we kind of know what we're seeing at this point. Um, mm, do we? It, we we want to. Yeah. We, we know what we want to see at this point. Exactly, and for people that know they know um maybe you go to the <laughs> oh festival, you know <laughs> then there's a there's a fun game you have to play about a week before where you have to get all the tickets for the other screens that aren't the main screen mm-hmm. um included as part of your festival ticket and um yeah there's turns out there's a lot we want to see on the other screens this year mm-hmm. um so fingers crossed on that one um but yeah we'll get to all that good stuff um but yeah first there's a little bit of news there's only a few things here but this first news story there's oh there's a biggie yeah, there's a biggie, and I've combined two because there's been an update as well. Um, and this is is actually an, an update oh, on Rob. kind of a story from last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Rob this week. Um, but this is very exciting news. Um, we talked last week about the rumors that turned out to be false, um, mm. where, where it was initially reported that James Wan um, would be directing the pilot for the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series. Um, so random. And if, yeah, if that all sounds wrong to you, that's because it was, um, because it turns out he's just being a producer, um, <laughs> which is as to be expected. Um, and then kind of piggybacking off that, we kind of got this just after we actually recorded last week, mm. um, that there was reports now that James Wan will be directing very soon. Um, he will be directing a film and he will be directing a horror film. Um, oh, Yeah. Now, this was exciting in itself. And when this initially broke, after the, we'll next get to the, the more Mate, exciting I part. Please don't go there. <laughs> um, it was weird because I just assumed that maybe people had kind of, you know, after the false story, some people had just been like, yeah, James Wan, he's a director. He hasn't got a project. Should we just say he's doing a horror movie and then kind of move on? Um, because there wasn't anything oh. officially attached to this. Yeah, you um, see, I, I probably joined the party a little bit late, as I inevitably always do with these things, because mm-hmm. I, the first tweet I saw was kind of, was James it to do with New Line? Won, yes. Yeah. Was to direct a new movie from New Line, and I <laughs> shit my pants. I suddenly thought, "Holy shit!" James Wan is bringing Nightmare on Elm Street back. <laughs> and t- to be honest with you, I haven't ruled it out yet. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Just it, you could do an original, fresh idea that's in the Nightmare on Elm Street world. Like it's all PR talk. Bring back Freddy, James. Bring him back. I, can, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm with you. Like, I think that this day and age, people say whatever to keep things secret. And we yeah. see it all the time that people flat out lie. And I, have a, I don't have a problem with that. We I thought, love it. We thought up until about a month before it came out, we were going to go see The Woods. And then suddenly yeah. it was Blair Witch Project. We're like, okay, that is awesome. Like, that's I, the level of lying in marketing that I love. And I wish that right. they were doing, like, Terminator. Whereas instead, they're the opposite, where they're just like, yeah, ask me anything. I'll tell you exactly what happens in the movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so good, I guess leading on to the next part before we really like, dive into this. Um, he James Wan kind of teased on Facebook. Um, he said... Uh, there's been a bit of speculation as to what my next project is. All I'll say is I'm super excited to go back to my indie roots with this hard R thriller. 
Um, an original yeah. horror idea and then in brackets not a reboot remake or anything based on existing ip um mm. <laughs> he, he continues with old school practical effects and no giant blue screen sets um and yeah. then he said that's all i'll say for now um yeah. and finger knives <laughs> yeah um but obviously this is regardless of obviously the nightmare on elm street stuff let's put yeah. that to aside for just one second okay. this is incredibly oh, this is awesome. yeah. exciting um just the the wording alone you know hard 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 r thriller and of course saying old school practical effects and and again this is not this isn't a jab at I anyone. Tell, I tell this is what, just though, what he's been doing lately obviously with his what, previous though, two movies like why why can't you say horror man why can't you say horror yeah uh, that was part horror. of me i mean he does say like, horror um after yeah. it you know he said hard r thriller and an original horror idea but i'm with yeah. you i think yeah. thriller is one of those like be like be like it? a boy jordan like exactly you know, he just <laughs> said nah i'm making a thriller i'm making a horror movie yeah like, that was still like the best tweet of 2019 where he oh, just said us is a horror movie um yeah. just need yeah, that framed definitely. on the poster so awesome. we're the super horror bros not the super <laughs> yeah. thriller bros exactly um but obviously yeah this is exciting with oh, the whole, it's incredible the, the, like the focus on the, side, the like, no oh. obviously what he did like we we're huge fans of james wan obviously in the genre but also huge fans of him outside of the genre and what he's done with you know multiple franchises fast and furious and obviously the dc stuff um yeah, was both great those things good yeah which is crazy um very hard to do as we as has been proven with the other films in both those franchises um but but yeah the fact that he's kind of wants to step away from that big bombastic style of filmmaking mm-hmm. is very cg centric and again there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do and he does it well um but now he's saying he wants to go back to his roots and yeah. man it's really it's really fun man like we talked about james one a few times in recent weeks and saying mm. how like he is a guy that can pick any project and he can be given any budget and any franchise like if they were to like say james one is directing a new star wars movie yeah you know whatever nothing would surprise me so mm-hmm. The fact that he has chosen this route, it was something that we said a few weeks ago, like, we'd be surprised, like, we'd love it. And if he did do it, it's because he would really have a passion for it, which he clearly does. And yeah, I I could not be more excited. Yeah, I completely agree. We've discussed, obviously, people like Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Mike Flanagan, these guys that we love in the horror genre, that we're obviously scared that they're going to go. And James Wan is that example where he has proven himself. He has gone outside the genre. And he's not like a guy like, again, I don't want to dump on fede but he's a nice example here where it didn't work out obviously and mm. james one is a guy who has gone outside the horror genre he started with very small indie indie movies obviously with saw which is you know my favorite franchise um and doing the things with the conjuring and all that stuff and for him to then go outside that genre and make multi-billion dollar movies that are so successful and they're really good as well um mm. and for him to then now say like okay i've still got that you know, if he wants to, like, he because he's already talked about he wants to continue Aquaman and there's a spin-off in that universe and all that stuff, which is great. Um, but the fact that he also wants to make something maybe smaller, you know, like a Bloomhouse-style budget, I always think mm. of that as, like, that $5 million cut-off. Yeah, definitely. Types of guys. Um, and so, yeah, and that can be a short, yeah, that can be a short thing. You know, it wouldn't take mm. up two, three years of, of your life like an Aquaman does. You know, he could easily put six months aside and make a Bloomhouse movie and something like that. Um, of course, it is for New Line. Um but yeah, this is obviously incredibly exciting. I think it's um, expected to shoot later this year. Um, so hopefully a 2020 release, fingers crossed. Um, Let's hope Richard's free. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is funny with New Line because we're, we're, I'm trying to think in my head now. New Line is such a weird company. Um, 
because mm. I don't really know what they've been up to lately, you know, within the genre or without the genre. It's not really a name I thought of much recently. No, I know Especially since we've done the show. Um, I can't um, I can't remember that being attached to a film we've seen. Um, I no, it may have been. Like, I see it every now and then, um, mm. but, but yeah, less and less frequent, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, has uh, again, this is something which we probably both don't know, but has James worked with New Line before? Um, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think any of his movies, but they could have easily have been, but I don't think so. Because I know Saw was Lionsgate, and I don't yeah. think The Conjuring is, is it? So No, it's... and I don't think Dead Silence was either. I think they're all, I think he's been like fairly affiliated to Lionsgate for those early mm. projects, and then it kind of, you know, obviously then got crazy with the crazy budget. Yeah, but which yeah. again, so that that to me is an interesting one. I think there's, it's a good point to bring up the Freddy thing and it's not worth just glossing over it because of what he says, because in that case, why new line? You know, mm. we, we said he's a guy who can literally pick and choose. Yeah. And it makes you wonder why would new line be the one who's at the front yeah, of a very he, crowded marketplace? Yeah. He would just go Bloomhouse if he just wanted yeah. that style, you know? And so if he's going there, then he must want IP, but mm. you know, maybe we're getting two and two together, but my God, I hope we're right. <laughs> My either way God. we win as either fans. way yeah <laughs> either way we win we get a fresh new mo- movie or we get a new nightmare on elm street movie it's a big win either way but one yeah. is much bigger <laughs> this is what we always want from these guys like every week yeah. i want to hear a news story where it's like guess what eli roth's next film is a horror film jordan peele's yeah. next film is a horror film like yeah and just like tick, got the tick, next one. Tick. like we know yeah. that these guys are staying in the genre like yeah. definitely so yeah fun times yeah it's absolutely incredible um and yeah moving on to the next story um this is a small update really it's a movie that we may have discussed slightly on the show um called little monsters um mm. which was one i think that might have been in the upcoming list at the start of the year yeah it was um, yeah. it was i think it was at sundance right at the start of the year as well where it got its <laughs> initial buzz um and we now have both a trailer and apparently a UK release date, not a US Ooh. release date, which is interesting. Um, I'm not too sure if maybe the some of the people affiliated with the movie are more British focused. I'm not too sure. Um, but uh, yes, apparently it's arriving in UK cinemas November 15th. Um, mm. So a week after Doctor Sleep. So that's a nice one to look forward to. Mm. And um, yeah, obviously this this trailer is a fun one. It's obviously starring Lupita Nyong'o, um, who's obviously just now been in the horror genre with us. Um, and she had such a great time that she's decided to stick around. This is um, like a musical, right? Uh, it's not a musical. No, it's a, it's a comedy, though. It's a zombie oh, okay. comedy. Um, right. Very much in that vein, which is obviously strange this year um, with The Dead Don't Die and Zombieland. Um, mm. And especially by the time this comes out, this will be the third one that people have seen, if, if that's something that you like, mm. obviously. Um, which is a bit weird because, like, I'll that's always such a... <laughs> yeah, it's always such a weird genre, isn't it? Where mm. it always feels crowded, the zombie comedy genre. I'm not sure why, but it feels like it never goes away. Um, but Yeah, I mean, zombie these are just inherently more funny than they are scary most of the time yeah um but i really like this trailer i would say out of all the trailers i've only seen the trailers for of course the three movies that i've discussed but if i could only see one this would definitely be the one Mm. um it looked genuinely funny i really liked the take where it's pretty much she's like the leader i believe of like a a class yeah it's like a kid's class like a kindergarten class field trip or something like that yeah and um so she's like very much in charge of these children and then there's this zombie outbreak and so there's there's a lot of great humor there where they're trying to make it not seem obvious to the kids that what's actually Actually happening Brilliant. is happening um and there's a lot of just oh you know they're just messing around and then there's bits where like they're pretending to be zombies um and stuff like that there's just some really good stuff in there and there's actually a lot of you know kids being attacked and kids becoming zombies which as we've said is kind of interesting because you don't see that too much mm. um 
because it seems like it's mostly a child cast outside of Lupita and a couple of the other adults. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer. It's one that I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. There was a couple here that I've kind of had in our news for a little while now, but obviously because we haven't really... Um, that's not talk- how news works, bro. Well, it was only because we were saving it because in case we talked about Nosferatu properly. Uh, um, and we've kind of... I think we mentioned these in passing. Yeah. But I feel like I want to just give them... Well, we are going to talk about Nosferatu, aren't we, towards the end of the show? Yeah, so. we should do. Um, there's a lot of stuff to get to. But um, yeah, kind of the two news stories are, in fact, that number one, it's it's coming to Shudder. I think we have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we obviously did. only AMC, the channel in the US, and then this is currently only US Shutter, um, which is so disappointing womp, because womp. yeah, people can't see this in the UK. And the Shutter one is even more interesting because it's it's coming out on the eighth of August, and they're doing it weekly, so they're just adding one episode a week. So um, bizarre for something that's already aired. Exactly, it's already aired once a week on AMC, and then the and AMC, <laughs> yeah, whatever their on-demand service is called yeah. in America, you could watch the whole season um, from the premiere day. And so it's like, okay, what is the game plan here? Like, I, I always kind of see it as like, yeah, you want it to be event television, you know, you want people tweeting about it each week, but but just put the show out at this point, let people uh, enjoy it and watch it. Mm. Um, and for God's sakes, get it a UK distributor, like oh. any way, shape, or form. Um, because, yeah, this is a big deal. It's a really, really interesting show. And then the, the next part, which is a really exciting news story, because I was worried for the future of the show, um, and people would have already seen that it has been confirmed for a season two, mm-hmm. um, which, again, shocks me, given the back of no international release whatsoever. Only available on currently, you know, the AMC channel. And I have no idea how these, you know, digital channels work in America, whether you have to sign up for a crazy package like you would in the UK um, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they must have got good numbers or something. Yeah, but obviously they do have their app. So maybe that drove people towards the app because I think that was a good mm. idea to put the whole season on the app. Yeah, definitely. Um, if, and, especially if you're trying to sell a digital platform, like it yeah, works well. Exactly. So this is obviously great news. Like obviously mm. they've seen something which, because I don't see anyone talking about the show. I feel like we're the no. only people that are trying to bring it up every week. Like, guys yeah this is actually good um yeah. and people should be talking about it and people just aren't um but either way a season two fantastic news and yeah we'll, mm. we'll hopefully talk about this show very soon um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week on the news show we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about feedback Yeah, like we said, obviously, at the start of the show, um, showing at this year's Fright Fest, in fact. Um, mm. One of the ones that was definitely when we were picking and choosing the days was one that caught our eye for sure, straight away. Um, yeah. For one very obvious reason. <laughs> yeah, our um, main man, Richard Brake, is starring in this movie. Uh, yeah. The second we know that Rich is in a horror movie, we're going to want to try to see it. Yeah. Um, was that the, thir- he- the fourth of his, I believe, was yeah. covered for the show? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, kind of um, the second we saw that, um, I kind of, you know, um, read the premise as well and just thought, okay, this sounds like a cool idea, something Mm. a bit different, Um, a very British movie as well. Yeah. Um, So it's ticking a lot of boxes for us. Yeah, definitely. um, Going into it. Um, Yeah, so obviously we're going to be very mild on spoilers um, Mm. in the synopsis and our kind of initial chat. If we feel like we want to go into anything, we will throw up a spoiler warning. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, this is a movie that's very limited on release right now Mm. um so yeah i mean um 
feedback um, going into it, I kind of just knew the the basic premise that a kind of um, a radio star is kind of doing his late night show and um, basically kind of um, people attack and assault the the studio where he's working and uh, basically kind of trap him in the the booth and and that's all i really knew going in to be honest yeah. um you know i didn't really know any more than that i didn't um didn't really know kind of any of the circumstances and and to be fair in the, the initial the opening of this movie you don't you know it doesn't it unpacks itself as it goes on mm. um so you know that is a really simple setup on it um i guess kind of like we we kind of know what sort of character Richard's playing from the trailer, don't we? Yeah. So we kind of, um, Eddie, uh, Marson, um, who we've seen in a few, uh, you, you recognize him. I was trying to think yeah. of things he's been in really, but he's been in, he's got one of those faces you immediately go like, he's been in so much British yeah. film, television. The one, the one that, um, I'm pretty sure he's, I was just trying to check. He was in world's end, wasn't he? Ah, oh, but yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was in World. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was World's End. That's where I kind of pictured him from, from mm. you know the main thing. But he's in a lot of things. He plays the kind of um, radio DJ uh, Jarvis, I think he's called. Yeah. Um, and kind of uh, yeah, from the trailer, you'll see that Richard plays one of the kind of attackers that are attacking the booth, and um, so instantly I was looking forward to their backwards and forwards. Um, and kind of, I guess, I guess I can't really go much more into plot. That's that's about as simple as you can get without going really into something that I feel spoiler territory. Yeah, because once you get into motivations and stuff, yeah. for sure. But that is the basic premise. Like you've seen these types of things where it is a very much a hostage situation. Mm. Um, but obviously, he's being held hostage, but he's also being forced to continue this radio show. Yeah, um, which is an interesting take for for sure. Because you kind of immediately wonder, like, why? What is the goal? You know, why do they yeah. want him to continue this uh, this radio show? Yeah, and also, what's his motivation? Not to just scream for help and that sort of thing. It adds a different dynamic. You know, ordinarily, mm. kind of the mobile phones are instantly kind of, you know, not working or uh, weirdly not available or something. Whereas in this situation, he is live on air to millions of people. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's an interesting dynamic and, and they, they get around that in, you know, in good ways, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, but I guess that will do for now. I mean, uh, do you want to kind of jump into what, what did you think of this bad boy? Yeah, for sure. Um, just quickly early on, I was yeah. I, like, again, this is a little bit spoilery because it's kind of discussing details, but it is literally the opening scene of the movie. And so it's not going yeah. into anything, but there's initially you see, obviously it's kind of the, the, the main DJ that spoke about Jarvis, his co-host, um, yeah. is it Andrew? Yeah. Um, and then kind Andrew of like wild. It's a great radio name. <laughs> yeah. Great um, radio name. And then, and then a guy who seems like he's, I guess, in charge of the radio station. Um, yeah. And he's, uh, were you confused by the scene at all? This kind of just, I did, uh, immediately as the movie started, I wasn't sure exactly what it's, was going on. It was like they were odd. being talked into bringing mm. back their radio show. Like they hadn't done it for a while. Is it that what you got from dynamic. it? Uh, I got the idea that um, Jarvis has become more famous and has continued to show. Right. And kind of Andrew has gone off the air and their show used to be popular and was right. more trivial 
and kind of um, pop culture. Yeah. And Jarvis's now is very much political and yeah. kind of, um, you know, it's quite funny because they're kind of throwing in some really uh, topical buzzwords for the UK right now. The, yeah. the, the Brexit, especially kind of coming up quite. Yeah, that's quite something often. that will very heavily um, date this movie for a long yeah, way to come. I, I was thinking that. I was thinking, <laughs> I kind of know why you've put it in there, but mm. to be honest, you don't really need to. And like, yeah. all right. It, it, they said Brexit and it gave me a little bit of a sniggle. I was like, oh yeah, shit in it. But like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really need it. Yeah. Um, and yet it will significantly date this movie. Yeah. Um, I hope anyway, because if it doesn't, <laughs> we're still bloody talking about it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was an interesting one and it was kind of like they were forcing him to go back with wild and kind of go back to the more kind of yeah, it was interesting because obviously when we later um, on see we we know the motivation for the hostage takers to have this radio yeah. show on air yeah. but i was curious in the opening scene what the motivation of those three characters i think were. It, they I all think want it was mainly, to do the show together no i think it was mainly the radio owner was he uh, wanted to like bring the band he, back he together for ratings, to, yeah, he wanted to bring jarvis back down because he was he was popular but dangerous with like this political views and that and mm. they talk about again this is opening scene yeah where jarvis was um kidnapped like a week ago yeah. for his um something political that he said that was very you know yeah, on the that edge. was that was struck me um, as odd as well knowing that this was obviously yeah. about a hostage situation yeah the, the movie starting and him saying that he'd just been taken hostage or yeah because when or it started and he like, had what? like a cut on his head yeah. i was like oh this is a flash forward and yeah i was like, i was thinking was, i was just starting yeah. at the end sort of thing yeah, yeah. and, and it, that that was odd um and yeah, it was only this opening know, scene just really threw me as a bit kind of like it just it didn't set up the movie well. It wasn't until no. I got into the actual radio booth and the show started when I kind of then understood what the movie was going to be about. Yeah, and it took a little while for him to get there as well. Mm. You know, there was kind of like a little bit with her. He his daughter works there, and you know, her with like flirting with some guy and like a few scenes. Yeah. that just kind of the two girls I immediately got mixed up as well. Where I thought yeah, his daughter they was the one that was similar. working yeah, on the show. I did. I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess kind of after that, after that initial opening scene, what, mm. how did you, what did you take away from this movie? Yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. It's kind of, um, it's one of these ones where I don't think we've had anything like it to, on the show to compare to, but these single location thrillers, and you see a lot of these, um, especially they seem to be something you see a lot with British films. Um, mm mostly for your obviously budget limitations but i think that yeah, they can work yeah. very well where you have these oh yeah singular like panic room is great yeah. you know um th there's that one where is it the disappearance of Al alice creed where it's kind of yeah. like this again is kidnapping where it's mostly set in this one location and obviously you can you can pull a lot of tense situations out of that and that's exactly what they do here you know it's a it's a tense at gunpoint hostage situation um and you don't know what exactly they want and of course that's going to be unraveled throughout the movie and there's going to be a lot of different twists and turns um but I think for the most part, it succeeds. I think it kept me interested, um, which again, I think is, it's worth noting the whole singular location thing because you don't have much to go off. Like, no, it's a long time to be spent in the radio booth. Yeah, it's not like you have these bombastic locations. It's not going to have a high body count or anything like that or a crazy soundtrack. It is just going to be these characters acting well. Um, and that's going to be what you essentially draws you in, you know. So you need to have a great cast, which I think this does. I think everyone was very, very good. Um, and I think if, if any of the lead characters, there's kind of, I guess, four or five lead characters mm. in this movie. I think if any of those didn't do well, um, the movie would dr dramatically drop down. And I don't think they did. Um, but kind of as it went on like this movie didn't feel long to me which i think was a good thing as well um because these movies easily can mm. um 
it didn't come together the way I wanted to. Um, and obviously, again, that's we're not going to go into spoilers, but just my my opinions on the ending. I, I didn't mm. like it. It went in a direction where I thought there was pretty much two ways they were going to go. And they went one way and I really wanted them to go another. And that's obviously one of those things when you're watching a film where you, you immediately know like, okay, this is a personal taste thing where I yeah. personally wanted them to do one thing. And of course I can't um, judge that because I'm then judging it off something that I wanted to happen. I'm not actually judging what did happen. Mm. Um, and so that was disappointing, but, but the actual pulling it off, it, it, was, it, it felt totally satisfying. does change quite a lot though. You know, it does. Cause this, this is a difficult movie. And again, um, without getting into spoilers, but once you get motivations, once you, once you get into that initial setup, mm. you know that the kidnappers have an initial goal and you know that your lead characters are, mm. Oh, so hard to not say any spoilers, but they're basically proclaiming their innocence. And so at some point yeah. in the plot, in the movie, someone's going to be caught out on their lie. And I think that's always the difficult part as to who you're then going to root yeah. for once you find out what actually happened. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the movie falls apart I think it's just safe to say that they, they have motivation as well. And it's kind of, you know, are you, are you on board for... Um, the DJ's motivation to basically just escape and live, or yeah. do you want the att attackers to get their resolution to their motivation? Um, and it's that want to know, find out and, what happens, isn't and, it? Obviously, without yeah. getting in there, but that's the driving um, force pretty much of this whole movie. Like, we're sitting here yeah. watching this going, I need to know who's telling the truth at this point. Mm, yeah. Because there's a lot yeah. of just hearsay, isn't it? There? There's a lot of storytelling going on, and we there don't is. actually see anything. It's just people. No, we don't get any. What happened? Yeah, when we get this storytelling, there is not told in the you know method of flashbacks or anything no. like that. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want me to jump in? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I this movie kind of missed its mark for me, mostly mm. to be honest. Um, I definitely enjoyed the performances um i was disappointed that for a chunk of the movie richard is wearing a mask and kind yeah. of had his voice muffled because he's got yeah. such a killer voice that really just brings you know makes you feel like he is just terrifying and yeah. it was muffled with the mask on which did bother me but that was a me really liking richard and wanted more of him <laughs> issue than the movie issue no i'm it's glad you i'm really well, glad you but... brought that up because i think that is a very valid criticism mm. where that is always an yeah. interesting choice when you have a character that has a mask what do you do do you just mm. let it be uh yeah. play perfectly to the audience which in my opinion yeah. i think is the best thing to do because I, I get that they got a mask on i don't need to hear the voice muffled um mm. but they obviously they clearly do muffle his voice and i agree mm. with you that you're then taking away his best ability as an actor yeah yeah exactly um so that definitely disappointed me um i just as soon as we got the initial setup and the the radio show kind of you know got taken over there were a few things that slowly started to build up um not massive just little gripes and then yeah i was in the same boat as you that when we got into the final acts i just didn't have motivation either way mm -hmm. and ultimately was not satisfied with the way it concluded um i think um one of the big things for me is that this movie needs to be clever because the whole point of whatever is going through the radio waves that, that's being broadcast, and we're, we're led to believe that this is being broadcast. Um, yeah, even though it's like a slight be, delay, but people are actually yeah, hearing it. should be a cohesive radio show for people, and it absolutely wasn't. Mm. Um, it was clear that he was under caution at times, you know, that he was stressed out, and I just, I just felt like it didn't have that slickness that something like this really needed yeah. where the the product that they were trying to produce on air 
w- needed to have been a genuine product where people because w- I, I believe one of two things would have happened people would have switched off because they'd have been like this is just rubbish then they're, they're talking about technical difficulties constantly they're not saying yeah. anything they're cutting each other off they're talking about things that i have no context for like I would have switched that radio show off. Yeah. Or the diehards would have been like, there's obviously something wrong, let's call the police. And yeah. it seems like none of those things happen. And, that, and you know, it, it, I feel like it's pickety, but I also feel like the movies like this that really win, when they've got that unique idea, they really nail the concept. And I don't think this one nailed the concept because the concept is that he is held hostage in the sh- in the booth and asked to continue the show and i don't mm. really think he does um so i think you know i i may be too harsh on that but i think it's important to kind of highlight and um yeah you know it had it had some really good moments and it definitely kind of didn't bore me it it, it did towards the end i kind of started to feel like okay i see what we're ultimately going to get, you know, which truth is the truth. And um, when it got to that point, I I kind of didn't care because the way I wanted to would have felt it to happen would have kind of not made sense. And the way it did happen, I didn't appreciate. Mm. Um, So yeah, by the end of it, it did just leave a a, a bit of a sour taste and just made me think like, it's a shame really, because I had just much higher hopes for this one. Yeah, I'm with you where I agree in what you said about the whole the radio show is like that is the crux of this entire movie. Mm. And that is the unique selling point yeah. where it's what well, it's, a, it's a kidnapping where he's forced to continue a radio show like normal. And what you mm. actually get in this movie is a kidnapping set in a radio station yeah. and then with occasional yeah. little snippets of, of, of him broadcasting. But I agree with you. I would love to actually hear or you know what actually was broadcast because it wouldn't make any sense yeah exactly it would have been incoherent the fact that people especially again not getting into spoilers but there's one moment where there's a big revelation revealed on air live and at least an hour passes after that moment still broadcasting and no one thinks to shut them down no one thinks that someone has literally said something very discriminating on air that would yeah. get people 100 percent ringing the police in real life um, yeah or, or even just happen. like phoning the show yeah like because a couple of times they teased like callers yeah and i really uh, like i said at this point they should have been genuine callers and they weren't um and i think like it was just things like that where it just it really just didn't feel like there was an outside world the only um, thing they had, didn't they, was that screen that had like a social media following the hashtag yeah, for the show. Yeah, and that kind of sporadically worked and, and on and off, you know, and it was mm. just, and even then I just didn't know how genuine that was because it seemed to appear yeah. randomly and just have a few things. It, Like I say, I just didn't feel the outside world was present in this movie, mm. which, you know, is, is a big issue. And I think like... Um, you know not it's it's really difficult company when you start to say things like this but kind of you know like a don't breathe and and a quiet place and those things have got such a cool concept but they make especially like quiet place we've seen movies that have ripped that off that Mm. haven't done it as well because in quiet place they committed to the concept and i do feel like this you know like i said it's a it's a very difficult um company to get into there but this again had a very good concept that they needed to fully commit to. And they sometimes they needed to have said to ourselves, right, we maybe wanted to go this way with this scene, but we, we, we need to think about the radio show. And, and would that be, would that work for the radio show or do our 
stalkers need to be cleverer does the dj need to be cleverer you know does the audience need to be cleverer and, and none of those things really happen yeah um because i would have even liked like audience phoning up and being like oh what is this like what is this hoax like you guys are just talking rubbish like just do the show don't do this spoof thing and you know what i mean like actually make it seem like it was fake potentially mm. and that sort of thing and there was just yeah there was just nothing in there that was that was clever once the initial concept was revealed yeah and definitely the the story that gets told is so muddled because yeah. it's told from so many different perspectives well also where... at one point like i really didn't know who richard's character was yeah multiple times in the movie i was like oh he's the dad he's the friend he's an uncle yeah, i'm still maybe. not sure i entirely really know who yeah. the other two young people are either like that's very no well. yeah especially the guy the young guy mm-hmm. as well it's just very confusing the movie almost yeah, because I think it, it is a first time writer director, right? Um, and yeah, I just kind of you know felt like it, it in his mind. I'm sure he probably knew those gaps, but yeah, they just weren't portrayed to us that someone that didn't know this, you know, what was going on. Yeah, um, and and it and it was a weakness, and ultimately it just got to the point that there were too many things that stacked up for me. Um, yeah, you know, and and. Um, also kind of you know for us the main selling point was was richard yeah um how did you kind of you know how did you take this performance from him kind of well uh, it's always this this role more more not more not not necessarily performance because we know this guy's gonna do great yeah in terms of performance more just this role i guess kind of this character it's always interesting for us right because obviously we're huge 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 fans and Mm. going into this i kind of assumed that he would be um not necessarily one of the leads um because of how focused it is on these characters and like kind of telling the story and he's in it and he's in it quite a fair bit to, to say um but it's it's one of those things where he just his character doesn't really get to do much at all like he starts as a it's so hard because it gets slightly spoilery but he starts as kind of a pretty generic villain um you know he is just the guy who's sharing all yeah well they're they're just like attackers you know initially terrorists whatever you want to call them you know but then once we obviously get who he is and why he's important to the story which i won't go into it's not like he just doesn't get to do much because he like us as the audience doesn't know anything he you actually know, they doesn't kind know of, what happened so he doesn't really kind know of, his own motivation no they kind of try to make him sympathetic mm. and i felt quite a lot of his dialogue at that point was quite poorly written and yeah. so he had nothing to go on um and yeah i just didn't i didn't want him to be this sympathetic villain you know and i guess i guess that's like my own problem as well because um you know, the guy can do a lot and shouldn't just do the same thing. But well, that's the I, thing I for me. I'm I'm kind of the like... opposite. I I really like the idea of him subverting expectations yeah. and not just being like the the Rob Zombie villain every time. I mean, I um, like that, but it's so damn good, man. But oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, is. I agree. Like, it's you know, definitely stretch your legs. But but this that was something you know, that was it, got it was me just excited not clever for this enough. movie. Yeah, where I was like, oh, I actually liked when he wasn't just the guy shouting orders for the whole movie. But he doesn't get to do anything once yeah. there is that reveal and yeah i think we will have to talk what this movie is about like the perfect skin though when uh yeah you know, he oh, starts yeah. off that quiet sympathetic guy and then becomes the psycho ultimately I mean, that's, he needs to be a psycho <laughs> that, that's the, the, the problem is is that the movies are night and day with something like perfect skin yeah that they know their characters so well and it's so yeah. well written um and then you let an amazing actor get his teeth into an amazingly written role Definitely. and then you end up with what you got which was a great film yeah. um whereas yeah. you just don't get that hair you know this is like a sum of all parts where we've said like the talent's great 
great great acting mm. um it's a cool setup you know i like the whole yeah, radio it's got, it's got some good it's got some good violence in it as well yeah you know when the violence happened one scene in particular was proper like whoa and you know that was done very well there was a couple of uses of um light and sound which were which were good as well and then but then it was fairly inconsistent because i liked the times when you couldn't hear another character and they were using the kind of the traditional what you've seen in like you know radio stations where you can like turn on and off the volume but then there was a couple of times in the movie where like you have multiple characters just talking over each other um yeah. i don't know if you noticed this like very early on because someone's yeah, talking definitely. to someone in their headphones but then they're like talking to the radio show yeah well there was there was at one point the radio show was going on yeah and, um uh and and kind of he's as, receiving as orders talking, yeah he's jarvis is receiving orders mm. and again with that i i understand and you want that to happen but they had to bring one of the volumes down they had to bring the radio show volume down yeah because i could hear wilds random rant about whatever it was now um i think it was like his i think he was some sort of celebrity before the radio show and they were talking about his rise to kind of fame and that sort of thing and he was talking about that and then we had kind of richard given orders over the Mm. headset and they needed to bring the radio show volume down and the headset volume up because the two just spliced and it is yeah it's the things like that that just they didn't fully commit to it because i think um there was an interesting concept between the the booth and kind of being blacked out and lit as well that I think you were touching mm. upon and kind of that initially was used really well. Yeah. And then towards the end of the film, they were just constantly lit and it felt yeah. like it was the same lighting, but we were just seeing it from a different perspective. Yeah. Like it, they didn't turn any extra lights on. They were just like, oh, well, now you need to see them. So they are there. Like there was no reason for it to be better lit you know and, and yeah there's no narrative just, reason it was just like we're no, not just going to use this trick yeah anymore. they were like oh it was a cool trick to begin with but now we don't need this trick you know mm. and it was just it's just things like that you know cohesion um serving the plot and not just kind of giving us those moments and i think this movie just gave us some moments and wasn't this the, the fully fleshed out thing that it needed to be yeah definitely for, for me when this movie and this is getting like slightly spoilery but i'm not going to go into it into specifics but they got to a point in this in this film when we have we know obviously what the setup is at this point and mm. we're, we're finding out this story and we're finding out the motivation for this attack and it gets to a point where so- a character tells a version of the story another character tells a different version of the story and that's it we then have mm. this loggerhead moment where some one person is saying no 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 this is what happened and the other person is saying no 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 this is what happened and so mm. at that point all we're hearing is their um retellings of this events and so we know that someone's lying we know that either this person's lying character a or character b without getting into specifics and then but then that continues on pretty much until the conclusion Mm -hmm. and then we just find out that yep one of them was lying and that's the and that's it and there was no twists or turns it wasn't like well because i thought it'd be like well no you got this wrong what you Mm -hmm. thought actually happened was this it wasn't any of that it was just flat out and no. I was lying and I the, thought that was really boring. The other thing is as well, not to, um, we won't talk about it, but the absolute final scene of this, um, like the movie ends in a really abrupt, weird place. I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, don't explain it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll try and remember why you discuss it. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of like, I, I, I thought there was going to be an extra moment where there might've been like another reveal mm. or, a, a, a clever bit of dialogue or something but but it wasn't and it oh just yeah kind i do of, remember how it ends yeah then. and it just it just that scene really confused me because mm-hmm. um yeah and and the 
especially kind of like the the say the final few minutes after the kind of you know almost like the epilogue if you like you know we mm. had the final front confrontations then we get the last couple of minutes all of that stuff just it it really just put a bad like it just put a frown on my face to be honest i was just watching it like oh really like this mm. is your big moment you know and it, it yeah it really it really did kind of sour me towards the end which is a shame yeah um, this isn't a bad movie no you know th- definitely not um i wonder how it will play to like a fright fest audience yeah um but but yeah w- you know kind of uh overall th- there are better offerings out there there are a bit of better richard offerings and they're, and they're better all-round offerings yeah, I was gonna say, like going into our recommendations now, like this is an interesting mm. one being at Fright mm. Fest because if this was, you know, would this treat it like a normal release, I would say, well, don't rush out and see it. Um, yeah, it's not something that you desperately need to see. I think if it's available to rent cheaply or is available on an on-demand service that you already pay for, um, mm. and you like that setup and you like these actors involved like we do, um, then you throw it on and you'll probably it's an easy way to kill ninety minutes and yeah. and it's not going to be think... the end of the world if you don't enjoy it. But no, at least to be on a main screen at yeah. fight fest is the thing that confuses me because i don't think this is a big crowd pleaser i think it's a very slow character driven acting driven piece and i mm. don't think that will play well at a main screen at fright fest but i could be wrong yeah i don't i don't think so either and i think um yeah i think this movie can definitely hit a lot more than it did for us because i yeah. was quite interested to see how you would lie lie with it because i feel like the things that we didn't like were a lot lot plot driven i think yeah. you know i think we had a very good argument when we talked about it as to the weaknesses in the writing and our reasons for not liking it not just that we didn't like the way the plot went yeah but ultimately it is a lot of plot choice and um you know the actual structure of a movie like we said got great actors got good scenery you know got a good location mm. there's good effects in it and you know so there's a lot of ticks and and if the other parts do hit i think people could like this quite a bit yeah um but i think it will definitely be a very topsy-turvy one i think it's a gamble going in and something for a main screen at a fright fest i just um yeah i don't i don't think it's just a generic kind of you know it, it more of a cloud a crowd pleaser it's one that you might want to take away a, a home viewing yeah for sure i I think with with uh, just quickly talking about you said about the story choices that yeah Mm. i agree i could see those story choices working for a lot of people yeah um but for me especially what the the you know the way they portrayed our main character by the end of this movie i was like Mm. this is not what i wanted at all it was not um, it was not no and it just kind of makes the the last pretty much everything he puts up with and the whole movie kind of irrelevant because this whole thing could have easily been bypassed um and so that was my biggest concern with the kind of late reveals. It was almost like a reveal for the sake of a reveal. And then you kind of yeah. throw away everything before that. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one. Like it's, it's a shame because I think we both agree that this is like a pretty, it's leaning definitely more towards good than bad, but you can tell that we're also disappointed. Yeah, maybe. I don't know whether it is though. It's very, mm. it's very middle, middle for me. Like, yeah. you know, you know, if we, if we were to rate things, I think this would, pretty much be like a five you know yeah, where i think like, i agree <laughs> it's, it's on that cusp like it's not in the bottom half and it's not in the top half it teeters and for me like if i had to push it would teeter lower but i think i think if we were to if we were to rank if we were to actually give scores on things it would be right in the middle of the road yeah i, um, I agree you know and there are times where that's more acceptable in horror yeah 
but but where we are right now and where we've been for the past mm. few months um we seem to be on a little bit of a downward trend which is a bit yeah. disappointing um we're at a weird time because we're just yeah. obviously before fright fest proper and we have these yeah. so many big releases just ahead of us yeah. um, obviously we're seeing movies at fright fest that are already getting releases elsewhere as well so they would be the ones that would be like filling our time right now we'd be talking about crawl and other movies yeah um, but instead we're seeing them at fright fest so we are at a weird time in the year right now mm. um because yeah, for the next few weeks as well, we we do, it is very open. We're kind of like, what do we do? <laughs> um, so if people have seen stuff in 2019 uh, that you really really enjoy that we haven't covered, definitely let yeah, us know. Definitely um, let us know. Yeah. Obviously, on our, our contact details are on the podcast description. Because yeah, they're, they're, this is that era now, um, area of the year where yeah, if there's anything that we've missed in 2019, now is the time that we'd like to go back and, and check it mm. out for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think especially in the next week or, so, or the next two weeks, because what are we three weeks from Fright Fest. Yes. Yeah, like that, yeah. we are um thin on the ground we're going to be possibly reviewing some older fright fest stuff just because you know it's fright fest season but we'd love to delve into some 2019 horror if we can so yeah. um yeah tweet at us um at shb pod if you've seen anything that we've not reviewed on the show yeah there's definitely. some homework for you guys <laughs> yeah um but yeah that was our review of feedback uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, we do have uh, an email this week. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at shbpod, or of course, uh, if you want to send us a longer format, uh, you can email us at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, this one we have uh, from Sean. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Um, he's actually, I think he might have been referring to the news story last week, but he's already been talking about James Wan, uh, Wan's next project. Mm. So that's handy because yeah. you're talking about this week's news. Um, he says, it's so exciting to hear that James Wan's next project will be a secret horror film that he's writing. It's like an in Inception moment. I know. <laughs> um, what How did most, you know? What is most compelling is that after making $2 billion movies back-to-back, James can make any film he wants. And so what does he choose to do but a new horror film? And I love James Hell Wan, yeah. and he loves the horror genre. Um, and we get to enjoy this guy's outputs for decades. Um, and then, yeah, he lists his credits, which are all just incredible movies. Um, he it says, really uh, uh, this is the type of run that legendary directors and cinema guys, I believe we have a legitimate master before our eyes and he will, he will be in the same conversation as the genre greats like Carpenter, Hooper, Craven, etc. Um, I agree. I think he's already in that conversation. I think with what we, what you've already put in. And like you say, he's just getting started. Um, and if he chooses to, to continue to make horror movies as well, then that's great for us. Um, Definitely. You know, there's not many, you know, people that have created two Goliath mm. um, horror you know franchises yeah, yeah you know yeah, so different, the conjuring yeah. and saw are mm. goliaths in the yeah. horror genre like in modern horror so you know and, and you, you when you talk about the cravens and the carpenters you know they've done that and there aren't many guys that have and you know no. so he is definitely in that you know elite category already and yeah i can't wait to see more definitely um he says uh the lighthouse looks legitimate um and a uh, natural follow-up to the witch obviously we discussed the trailer coming out last week um we still don't know what the story will be but the footage uh, we've seen still gives us a sample of the dread that the film may provide i'm looking forward to an old school black and white atmospheric horror film um i definitely agree like right yeah, now I'm especially with, with with how quiet it is i wish this movie was out next week because i'd oh, be yeah. so down to watch it like if and it was Defoe, a like, in well. a black and white movie horror yeah. movie i'm i'm damned 
you you should see the trailer like it's a fun one but either way you you know you're gonna see the movie so yeah i know <laughs> i'm already told yeah um he says um what i'm even more excited about is jennifer kent's follow-up to her outstanding debut feature the babadook uh the nightingale is in limited release in the u.s right now but it's a bit mm-hmm. difficult to find i'll continue to search it out um i'm so glad you mentioned this because yeah this is one that we probably haven't really mentioned in the news or anything um but this is in u.s cinemas right right now like he says very limited release and i've been looking it up um whether it's on demand or uk and i can't find anything about this movie um obviously with it being her follow-up to the babadook now i don't like the babadook for the record Um, no nor, nor do i I respect her though. I know that she's a hell of a talented filmmaker, and I would obviously like to see what her follow up is. It's just not a movie that I liked. Um, I didn't. I didn't dislike it. It mm. was more just it came out at a time where I was at my all time high hatred for those sorts of movies as <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we've got a, probably a more of an open mind now, but I, I think the yeah. fact that it's been five years since the Babadook, and that was a huge hit, um, very mm. very much so in terms of like a cult following. And so I, I'm really surprised that there isn't a distributor that really wanted to pick up her follow-up because you know you look at like what ari's done even just in the last year with hereditary and and i think a24 so clever to be riding that wave of hype immediately with midsummer um and i'm so surprised that no one's like from the director of the babadook i think that immediately sells people this movie um but yeah this is one that i am very much interested in as well but like you say we're, we're in a again a weird time this year because we're in an awful place for uk releases where we're just not getting anything right now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's a tarantino movie out that we still haven't got and i'm still Don't angry know. about it Don't um know. so yeah because like we're so quiet right now we'd probably cover that for the show but like we're just not going to get it anytime soon um <laughs> He also says uh, Nightmare Cinema won't get a theatrical release in the US. I'm not surprised. Um, no. It is available to rent or stream. Um, I haven't heard anything positive about the film from anyone, so I will avoid it. Thanks for the warning. Um, yeah. You're welcome. We got you back, man. Because <laughs> we wasted two hours. Um, he says Creep Show. Obviously, he said last week uh, that it was his favorite Romero film. Um, mm. He says that uh, George Romero is, of course, a horror legend and a creator of the zombie film. Uh, yes, his zombie films are classics. However, Creep Show set the standard for horror anthologies. Um, Mm-hmm. every single element is excellent with no wasted frames i uh, love the cinematography the sound design in my opinion creep show is a masterpiece there's nothing i would change about it and that's why uh, it's his favorite romero film um can't disagree oh, yeah. with that yeah, <laughs> it's I'm obviously sorry. a great film i think it's uh interesting obviously it's a really um interesting one where he says that it's kind of it created you know that um anthology yeah. style horror movie because mm. You know that that is certainly something that like it's that is a subgenre within horror that we love. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fair play. I can't argue with that. Like, uh, I guess the thing is, is that you know, Night and Dawn are mm. the what created a subgenre of another genre that we love yeah. as well. Um. But yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They're they're all good shit. Like Romero, <laughs> that guy, good exactly it's a good argument to have where you're like what creep shows yeah. like because I, I can't disagree with any of that but then i'm like dawn of the dead though <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my only comeback to that dawn of the dead um yeah. but either way and there's gonna be other people saying like you know other films of course yeah. he just has so many um exactly he uh goes on to say thanks for the recommendation on life changer hell yes hell, um, yes sean check it out he says i'll definitely be renting or streaming this soon um yeah well, we just want to continue to talk about this every week because it's such a great movie <laughs> and i'm glad that more people are picking it up because of our recommendations definitely um 
I, I was looking at this literally this week to see if there was like a nice Blu-ray to pick up, and it's like, nope. oh, do I? Yeah, there's I like have it, I have it in my notifications on Amazon. There's <laughs> like a weird, somewhat European one, I think maybe yeah. that might play, and it's like, oh, because it's what's real disappointing, and we haven't discussed this in a, uh, a while either, is that there's obviously the Fright Fest Presents banner in mm. the UK where they pick up, and it's weird because I think they only announced maybe three or four from the festival last year. Yeah. They're still releasing them like every couple of weeks now. Yeah. Um, I believe they've done about twelve to. 15 releases since the last fright fest um and and life changer is one of those which is amazing but they only do dvd um which is such a shame and yeah, i know we're snobby times, and we guys. shouldn't care but yeah it's 2019 like just give us the option um yeah look i've got my blu-ray shelf now it's cost me a lot of fucking money to get the <laughs> blu-ray shelf in place of the dvd shelf i'm not going back yeah, like right. Arrow are the ones that get it. They're like, yeah, I can. We can charge thirty pound, and these fools will pay yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, how many times is he going to buy Hellraiser? Apparently, lots. <laughs> yeah, and house. <laughs> <laughs> You're just dying to give them money for the Puppet Master movies. Like, that's just they're Mate, just wasting yeah. money there. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm um, having to give it to other people right now. <laughs> um, and then finally, he concludes saying, uh, "Over here, we get uh, Guillermo del Toro attached horror anthology, scary stories to tell in the dark this upcoming yeah. weekend. Uh, I'll be checking this one out and letting you guys know how it is." Um, yeah, of course. As spoiler we, free, uh, man. Spoiler free. Yeah, we probably briefly mentioned it, but yeah, we another one along with Crawl that we're going to be seeing opening night at Fright Fest. Cannot wait. I think one of the main things that we haven't really touched upon in the show, the director of this movie, obviously Del Toro being attached, um, mm. but the director, previous movie, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Not bad. Not obviously, bad. it was on our top 10 of whatever year that was, I believe 2017. Um, so that's fantastic news because i actually only mm. knew that a few weeks ago and this was already a movie that i was super excited for and then when i saw the name i was like that name yeah. rings a bell let's look it up and it was like boom jane Doe. i was like what a great movie i'm not really thinking about the two big movies opening night yeah because, because they were kind of like just staples we were gonna we're see like, them anyway yeah we we're gonna see them anyway we saw that they were at fright fest we were like hell yeah mm. whereas like you know and so we've spent so long delving into the other movies but these two movies are mega like i'm looking yeah. forward to both of them for- yeah like so much so i can't wait like we're gonna see these two back to back it's gonna be an insane night yeah they're gonna be real contenders like they both look really good and obviously with crawl already coming out and it's got very positive reviews Mm. um and yeah scary stories obviously out us now but Mm. it's a great trailer I think the day after we see it. So we actually get it early in the UK, (laughs) which is funny. Um, And uh, yeah, he goes on to say, actually, um, tonight I'll be checking out Adam Dubin's new documentary, Murder in the Front Row, a local independent theater. Really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Thanks again, guys, for the episode. Um, Just a brief note on that movie, actually. I had no idea what this documentary was. Um, Googled it. It's about the fresh metal scene in the Bay Area in the 80s. Um, Not something that we're going to cover on the show, but it's something that I'm very much interested in. So thanks for letting me know, because I'll definitely check it out when I can um and so yeah it seems like well i don't know where you live sean but you seem to get some really cool releases because if you get yeah. stuff like that in a theater like we would never get get that in the uk <laughs> no no we're gonna tell us he lives in like tarantino. hollywood or something yeah we don't even get yeah. a new tarantino movie man yeah i know that's just <laughs> stop bringing it up man just honestly <laughs> um but yeah just to quickly uh end us this week i have watched a few things uh very briefly um the first one being uh a movie that was on our radar we nearly covered it for the show um you might be the killer Oh um, yeah, which I think came out late last year. Oh yeah, that was um, the Shudder thing, wasn't it? Was that yeah, Shudder? it's on Shudder now. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I think, out of the time, uh, but mm. it is now. And um, yeah, it was one that we liked the look, the sound of. But I mean, we checked out the trailer and was like, oh, not too sure. Um, liked the actors, but it just didn't look like it was great. And I think that mm. that 
initial feeling was correct um right. i wasn't a huge fan of it 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 starts off pretty strong because for people that don't know it's kind of you know it's one of these movies again like we've discussed with the with one of the anthology parts last week mm. um and like in this style of cabin in the woods you know the lead guy is is the uh, the stoner character from cabin in the woods as well which mm. was fun nice. who was who's amazing in that movie so i was very excited um as well as alison hannigan who's great in everything mm. um but it's basically he's ringing her up his friend and he's saying like look you know i was a, a camp counselor at this camp and it was all going great and then suddenly there's a killer who's killed everyone um and then she starts like asking him questions and then he's like saying you know basically she she comes to the conclusion that he is the killer um and this is fairly early on in the movie um and so yeah then it's kind of told through yeah exactly um but then it's told through like flashbacks and cutaways in a very kind of zany style um mm. where it's trying to like slowly tell you this story and i don't know it just didn't work for me it's it's short enough but i had to watch it in like three different sittings because there were so many right. times where i was just like it is obviously our lead two characters we never see them face to face they are just talking on the phone um alison hannigan spends the entire movie just in like a i think it's a comic book store that she works in um so it's just her performance is just her talking on a phone so she doesn't really get that back and forth with any other actors and mm. i don't know it just kind of felt a bit dull to me it was a shame because it had some cool things going for it early on um and i'm glad i've checked it out but it wouldn't be one i'd recommend um You've done the hard work for me this week. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did rewatch over the weekend um, was a trilogy of movies. Um, yes. Started... What, what do you think Wait, this trilogy? is going to be? <laughs> well, I'm hope... I, I mean, hopefully you've just watched House 1, 2, and 3, and you're going to watch no. 4 for next week. <laughs> Damn it. No, I don't think you'd guess this. The third entry came out earlier on this year, in fact, um, and we were both big fans of it. No, um, I ended up watching, uh, for the first time, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, Unbreakable, Split, and then my first time rewatching Glass uh, since the yeah. cinema. Um, obviously, I loved it when we first went to see it. How was Glass? Yeah, so this was obviously a different viewing. Um, watching it obviously for a second time and rewatching it straight away after the other two movies. I loved it so much. Like yeah. I, I loved all three of them first and foremost. Like I really think this is one of my favorite trilogies now. Because this was the first time really viewing it as a trilogy. Um, they're all amazing, and, and I honestly love Glass. I think it has very small problems that are in the final third, but like outside of that, I think they nail everything. And James McAvoy in this movie, like he's amazing in Split, but he turns it up a level in Glass to, to which I didn't even know he had it in him. Um, <laughs> And I still think is like probably my favorite out of anyone acting I've seen this year. I just thought it was phenomenal. And um, I know you've rewatched it. Oh, he's in it so soon. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Um, I think you said you you've rewatched Glass, haven't you? Mm. Um, and maybe wasn't as hot on it as you was the first time. Yeah, I mean, I think like the way you've watched it as part of a trilogy, you know, yeah. definitely helps because it's a great story. Those three. I think. I think probably one of the biggest things I had from it was that um, it's. it's a trilogy of movies where one of them's kind of a horror movie Um, (laughs) you know and i think that's probably where i'm coming from it with my horror head on like as a trilogy they're great um but you know glass is not at all a horror movie at this point Mm. it's a fun like you know putting them all together and it does a really cool job of that um but it yeah it it i i like it but i i'm not i'm not mad for it 
definitely not yeah i think um, that's fair if you look at it like that where it's definitely not a horror movie um but i just love it i think the, yeah. the act is amazing i thought it was such a it ties the movie so well and i think the reason why i love it as a sequel more than anything is i think it made those other two movies better um and i loved unbreakable and split anyway on their own right but then watching these now again obviously this was my first time re-watching those first two movies having seen glass and i think it makes them better and it, and it really does tie them all together so well um and i and i still love glass as an individual movie as well not just the trilogy experience um and it was one of these weird ones because yeah it got that was one of the weirdest disconnects for me at the start of this year where it just got panned in the reviews and yeah i just don't see it i think it has problems my my only main issue is the dialogue in the final sort of confrontation especially what samuel has to say is just so on the nose like it's like this is the moment when the hero returns to defeat the villain and i was like i don't really know why m knight felt the need to be that meta with the finale yeah and even because everything else i thought worked it was just those final like the final 10 15 minutes suddenly samuel's character uh price elijah price Mm. just completely changes and becomes like some of the some of those character reveals as well like it it needed to be longer I think that's my biggest thing (laughs) that like we so much happened in the space of a few minutes that Mm. you didn't get that gut punch that it should have given you. Yeah. They Um, needed to space out, especially that finale for sure. Cause there's so many big impactful character moments. And I had so many questions about like the, the, you know, not to go into spoilers because it's still relatively new, but I had so many questions about kind of some of the character reveals and kind of what this means and what, what this whole, you know, group is and everything else. And it just kind of, None of, none of, you know, we didn't get the payoff of any of that. Um, and kind of knowing that we're not going to get any more of this, it just, it left me with so many questions that I didn't really have enough even threads for to give me f- fully realized answers. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's still good shit, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty much it for this week. I did speaking, watch... Speaking of um, good stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say briefly, I've watched some other TV shows which aren't really horror, so I didn't want to obviously spend loads of time talking about them. Um, but like, if people do care, then I will. I'll just mention the shows and then if there's, if there's you know, interest for it. Um, the first one being Orange is the New Black, which obviously I have talked about on the show before. Um, and it was interesting with it being obviously the final season. Um, but it was it was so meh like there's really not much to say about it the show ended and i'll always have a love for it because i think it was the first netflix show that really stood out to me and the one where i was like oh i can't wait for the next season you know this was a long what seven years ago yeah i love that show like i Um, dropped out around about season four i think yeah and it's like i think five is a real standout and then six was very meh and then they continued it with this season where i was like the last two they didn't really know what they were doing like there's fun moments i still like the characters in the cast but you don't Mm. need to watch it at all (laughs) um it just and it very much ends did like i wondered with this show as a show that's so character driven that doesn't really have any big overarching plots or you know time driven i wondered how a show like this would end and it pretty much ends like most of the characters are still in prison you know they're still doing their thing it just it just ends you're just not going to see them anymore um so that's kind of unsatisfying um and then I did, I've been watching a lot of like HBO shows lately, which are kind of, I think they're coming to like now TV in the UK or, or is it Sky Atlantic as well? Um, right, where I watched, same thing, yeah. Yeah, I watched Big Little Lies. Um, mm. I've just started Euphoria and then I'm going to be watching Chernobyl next as well. Um, okay. It's interesting watching these shows because they make Netflix look so tame and it just, want, I wonder what Netflix want to be going forward. Um, we talked about obviously the 13 reasons why stuff a few weeks ago. Mm. And obviously that has been announced as coming back later this month. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw any of that stuff. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. It, very weird. You know, like they've announced it and they've announced the following final season as well for next year, a fourth season to yeah, end it. Um, 
and it very much just looks like another teen drama now which doesn't interest me as much um but watching especially big little lies where they tackle these really adult issues and no one complains about it you know you know you just let it happen and you and and i think netflix is in this weird predicament where they're so popular i think they want to be as big as disney and they want to tackle serious issues like hbo do but they're somewhere in the middle where they don't really know where they want to go and so i really think going forward they're going to be in an interesting place as a platform um because i saw it just today as well that they've cancelled another show that people are unhappy about and it seems like they're just doing that every week now where they they have a real disconnect with their viewers yeah and i feel like their shows though i feel like so many of them are on that cycle of continuing for the sake of continuing you know yeah. you've just talked about two shows 13 reasons why and orange is yeah. the new black that absolutely did not need to continue and would have been fantastic standalone shorter entities yeah. you know 13 reasons should have been one season uh orange who knows how many but not seven yeah. you know and and it's just kind of like they've they they've drawn the blood out of their kind of these cash cows that they had and you know it it does worry me for something like a stranger things because um i think like the full journey of the netflix tv shows we're yet to have a full success of obviously yeah. the um spacey one what was the spacey one uh, house of cards yeah house of cards obviously just fell like a house of cards at one yeah. point as well like which was unfortunate but that seemed to be going that way anyway as well yeah. like you know and that was a staple as well for netflix and it's just mm-hmm. kind of you know the, the the longevity of their shows definitely does drop off and they they don't have one that's kind of stayed high that i know of, you know for, for you know right the way to the end which is and their their new worry. shows as well because obviously that's the drive where if you if you're going to start canceling these shows the new shows need to deliver mm-hmm. and i've watched a few of them i watched you and i watched sex education and i thought both of those were just so meh and they're both got you know new seasons coming and mm-hmm. i don't even know if i'm going to bother checking it out like i watched glow season one and, and it was mayor as well like i've watched a lot of these netflix shows um yeah. and they just haven't really been doing it for me like it shows you that stranger things is like so much better than anything else obviously haunting of hill house aside as well um, yeah but um yeah i just think that these other strap uh, platforms like especially hbo have been killing it this year and then obviously with the disney Definitely. stuff coming um but yeah big little lies incredible incredible show people should people probably already seen it like yeah we watched it two years ago when it first started yeah. um it's so it's so good i absolutely loved it probably one of my favorite shows of this year um but yeah what have you been watching lately just uh just a little movie called us yeah not bad i've heard of it yeah you guys might have heard of it i've seen Um, it three times yeah this is my third view (laughs) it doesn't get worse um it's just fantastic like Mm. there's not much to say about it but it just sometimes you need to just bring up a masterpiece especially a masterpiece that we've only seen a few months ago like Mm. it's what a time for horror movies, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, watching it, every time I watch it, I'm just, like, completely sucked in. That's the thing, like, seeing a movie three times in the space of a year, that's not something that I do often, mm. you know? I, I, I watch a movie's repeat viewings, but I normally leave a decent amount of time between them. But this is one that I feel like I might need to throw on again before the year end as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it really is something special, and you notice different things about it, Um you know this time watching it it was just for me like the overall sound the soundtrack and the sound it's just like i'm sure we touched on it in our review but it it really is exceptional like in a movie that almost everything is perfect um the soundtrack is probably the best bit like yeah but but my god who knows because it's also good mm. 
Yeah, it was something that we said, I remember at the time, that mm. I think recent horror movies real lack a distinct identity yeah. through their sound and score and soundtrack. And that's something that was so great about, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, you don't need to see it. You hear it before you see it. Mm. Um, and that's something that that movie, I completely agree with you, did so well. Yeah. Like, you it hear did it all well, though. It, it did that with the sound, but also the use of song and the way it was intermingled with the film as well. Mm. You know, the, the, the kind of Alexa kind of moment yeah, and all of that so stuff good. is just so fantastic. And on the nose it works like um yeah there, there's nothing in this movie that, that is a swing and a miss you know no. it, it just knocks everything out of the park he's a pretty good filmmaker isn't he <laughs> he's not bad is he he's not yeah. bad like let's, let's hope he stays in the genre next say. week the peel announcement we got the one <laughs> next week the peel i just want to be like uh the the, the bad news candy man has been delayed the good news is Jordan Peele's director. Peele's director. <laughs> um, yeah. That would just be fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's Either pretty that much what it. He's doing a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I mean, yeah. that would not be out of the question because he has talked about Freddy a lot. Like he is a very, very. I mean, obviously, the VHS tape for a Nightmare on Elm Street is in the start of us. Like right. he is telling he's everyone. Either, he's how either much doing he that it. or Chud. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, was it the Goonies? I think the other or one is. Goonies. Or? Yeah, yeah, it was Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, should, should we? Uh, should we, we still haven't done this abomination that is Scream Resurrection. Um, I don't know if we ever even should. I kind of like the fact we've just never spoke about it. Yeah, because it doesn't deserve keep, it. Let's just keep slagging it off and never talk about it properly. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Like, yeah, it's just it sucks. Waste of time. No one watch it. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was that's pretty much it for this week. Like we say. <laughs> ending on a great note um, yeah the uh like we say this is a weird time in august now where there's there's stuff out there limited release there's stuff out there in other countries um and there's stuff out there very soon but stuff that we can actually pay good hard cash british pounds to go watch or stream or download or whatever very limited right now um we're doing our best with what we have yeah kind of as you can tell from from the last couple of weeks it's not been the stuff that we've been dying to see it's just stuff like oh that looks kind of interesting and could could be good um but yeah well there's there's some stuff on out there but we honestly don't but like next week say, we've got a banger for you <laughs> Hey, have we go for Matt, it Matt, please please find a banger for next week <laughs> <laughs> when's once upon a time in hollywood uh, um, no one knows. yeah no no one knows in this country but yeah we'll talk about something but listen fright fest <laughs> just around the corner it will save us and then let's see after we talk about what 10 films at fright fest there's a little movie out the week after that called it chapter two and that might don't, be pretty good um i can't i can't even like <laughs> that, that that week is just gonna blow my mind yeah it's gonna be crazy i cannot wait um but yeah that was episode 154 where we talked about feedback uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't mainly because i never could how could i start that